evening. Welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. We have John from the Ghost of Sunset. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm good, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good. Good. We had a little rough start here. Uh, ah. But ha, so we are going to talk about some of your songs, some of your collaborations, what's going on with you, and just you know talk about music in general. Kind yeah, of I, love it, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. Good to come by music and music show. You know. So we'll start with, with what you got going on with the band. Right. You got your EP and your yeah, golden. The- Robot, Golden yeah. Robot. Yep. The EP just came out on Golden Robot. We released, uh, what was it? Three singles, yep. um, three singles off it. And then actually right before the release of the full EP, uh, we released Headed West as well as kind of a fourth single right around the time that the the whole EP came out. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it kind of started its life. My partner, Todd Long, and I, who uh, who have formed Ghosts of Sunset, you know, um, we've been making music together for 30 plus years, kind of across a bunch of genres. You know, we played mm-hmm. rock and roll. You know, we were playing hair metal when it was, you know, brand new. And, yeah. uh, and you know, we've made rockabilly music together and, and alternative country music and toured the country together. And... um. I came in one day and I said to him, uh, I got on the phone with him. I said, listen, I had an idea. What do you think of a concept album based around the life of a fictional hair band? You know, like, and hair band's about the only name we have for it, right? I, no one's come up with anything better. Um, I know what any hair in the band, though. You guys are- I, exactly. That's the funniest thing, you know? So I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and you know what? A lot of our, you know, a lot of our peers from that era are in the same boat. You know what I, I know, mean? I know, everyone does. I know, um, I just... Some of these guys, I gotta say, some of these guys really, uh, though they they aged well, they look killer, you know. Um, oh my god, yeah, some of them look great. Well, they look very. I, I know. They in look, my twenties. Rock and roll keeps you young, I guess. Um, but I, Keith I, Richards. I, <laughs> now, looking young might not be something we say about Keith, but no. yeah, I. Uh, so I said to Todd, I said, "Let's, you know, what do you think of this?" He liked the idea. Within, I'm gonna say, 24 hours, we had. Uh, the skeleton of our first single, which was Miles in Between. And um, and it just snowballed from there. It, it Really organic, you know. We weren't, we've been in the business long enough to have pretty realistic goals and realistic ideas about how the business works. Mm-hmm. So at no point were we going, well, you know, we'll get this done and then we'll get our private jet. You know, it wasn't like yeah. that. Um, we just wanted to do it and really do it right. And that's when we kind of got involved. We finished the first song. We we're like, man, it really could use that. Um, you'll, I, I play lead guitar. Um, Todd plays as well. But stylistically, it really needed that 80s flavor and, and the technique of some of those guys. And the first person we called was Johnny Monaco, uh, who was in L.A. Guns and Enough's Enough. And who's a, just a, a musical genius, man. He's great. He can do anything. And um we just yeah, said I agree, it. I agree. I agree with you. So actually, people can watch it. I actually, I interviewed him. Uh, oh, he's great. He's so he, yeah. He's fantastic. so funny. He's he's got a he's great hilarious. sense of humor. He's an intelligent oh guy. So dry and witty. Um, but we just kind of sent him a message that hey, if you like the song, and you want to play a solo on this, that'd be great. Well, mm-hmm. he loved the song and and you know played a solo for us. And of course, nowadays, you know, all this stuff happens in cyberspace. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, and we just kind of kept going from there. We write the next song and went, man, you know who'd sound killer on this? Tracy Guns. You know, let's get Tracy Guns. And the premise is always the same. If you like the song, 
we'd love to have you. If you're not into it, don't waste your time. Don't waste ours, you know. Um, and and we got really lucky. That's where we got all these special guests. And it just grew from there. Um, you know, Adam Hamilton came on board, helped us a great deal. And, and really, Adam has become a friend of the band. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of guys we, we grew up on. You know, we, we're of the age that we grew up on this music. We were covering it when it was new. Um, and uh, it just means a lot to us. It's, I was thinking about it today, thinking about coming on, talking to you and, and thinking, you know, this is the changing of the guard is happening. So, you know, it, where it used to be, you know, you had your, your Jimmy Pages and Jeff Becks and, you know, yeah. um, the great 60s, 70s artists, you know, now the people in the business like Adam Hamilton, Tracy Guns, Johnny Monaco, these are guys who are, are assuming those positions both as you know studio musicians as live musicians mm -hmm. as you know dare i say icons man i mean in my world yeah. and i'm sure yours and you know tracy guns is an icon you know um and it, it those people it was also a chance for us to kind of give a little back to them just to thank they don't need us you know they don't need us to uh somehow you know, bring the spotlight to them. They, they have the spotlight, but for us, yeah. it was a, ch it was a chance to really say, this is music that was important to us, you know? Yeah. I, I and, and that's, you know, it's a great bunch of musicians. I mean, I look at it, it's like, it looks like the guest list that I had in my show pretty much, or right. if I haven't had, I will have. Hopefully. Yeah. Right. So, which is great. You know, which is great. So it it says a lot way. about your show. It says a lot about your show too. Oh. And, you know, same thing with your show. Um, you know, folks like us like yourself like us like uh the other podcasters we spoke about before we started recording mm -hmm. you know we're moving into these roles now where we're um where the music we grew up on is you know classic rock or whatever it might right. be now which is shocking right since we're all so young in our minds um, <laughs> I was but, saying the other day, walk by a mirror, you're like, who's that old guy looking who at me? Who is this old guy? <laughs> that right. old guy exactly. looking at me. I'm not, yeah. Exactly. That can't be me. Um, <laughs> but that music now has, you know, I think the time has come for an examination of that, that genre of music. And when you start looking at it and listening to the music, I say this all the time, you can't deny a good song. You can, yeah. you know, I think we can both agree that maybe some of the clothes were a little silly at times and the hair was a little crazy. And, you know, of course we all remember the interviews where it seemed like everybody was, uh, was trying extra hard to be yeah. cool. Um, but when you strip all that away, the songs are, are rock solid. And if, you know, if you don't believe that, um, you know, I bring, use the example of, you know, so many people disparaging comments about, you know, the pop metal of Def Leppard. But yet when pour some sugar on me comes on in a hockey arena in between periods, the whole arena sings it. They yeah. sing the chorus, you know, um, that's not hair. That's not clothes. That's not makeup. That's not chicks. That's not drugs. That's songs and ghosts of sunset. That's kind of where we're at. It's about songs. It's about developing characters. It's about, you know, taking listeners to some places. Cause we grew up on, not just that kind of music, you know, but I, I grew up on everything from Bruce Springsteen to Hank Williams to, you know, the Pistols and Mott the Hoople and Bowie and, well, and those were, we, we were go in. ahead. That was our age group. That, that was our right. age group. Right. Oh, and, that, the 80s had great pop music. 
beautiful. Like, I mean, different, beautiful like work, and like you get like Prince, totally different artists, both pop music. Like, right? You weren't like that, and that was great. Well, and you know, it was funny. I was a metalhead growing up. You know, I mean, that's that what was I was too. into. Yeah. I was a metalhead, and yet I could still. You know, I could still appreciate the fact that Duran Duran wrote fantastic songs. You know, the videos were great. The songs were great. The look was great. The whole thing, um, you know, Culture Club. You say what you want about Culture Club, but those songs were fantastic. Um, you know, he could sing. He had soul in his voice and the songs moved like old Motown songs. I could I hear that, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll say this and this is just so you know. There's no such thing as guilty music, and I've, I've already gone on a tangent right. with, 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 with Stephen Piercy. I've already, I've already gone on to my my love of Duran Duran, and, and me and me and Neil's on the show hasn't come out. We were just talking about a love for Rick Springfield. I have yeah. oh. there's 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 no he there's no window. Yeah, you know, so it's all the windows open. Like there's nothing. Everything is, is fair game yeah. when it comes to music. Yeah. It's just well, a song. you know, it shouldn't be a guilt. There should be no guilt in in something that brings. It was, it was though. It was like this is shaming. There's an artist I don't like, and there's lots of them. And sure. I'll be like, I got them to say about them. They're still doing their stuff. It's not my right. business. You know, right. I got the energy for other stuff. And and, and I like stuff from classical, so the thrash, the slayer, and all everything in between. Yeah. It, it, like we were like we said, you know, a good song's a good song. You just can't That's deny that. And um and God, those artists made great songs. And mm-hmm. we in Ghosts of Sunset, you know, we're not it's funny. I, I talk to Todd, you know, I partner Todd a lot, and I say stuff like, you know, we're not a glam metal band you know we're not supposed to look like a glam metal band um but that's where our roots are and that's but every time i listen to something that we do and i go oh man you know i can hear faster pussycat or pretty boy floyd or you know whatever Mm -hmm. early motley crew i can also hear slade and mott the hoople and i can also hear some zeppelin and i can hear the beatles and the stones and and the people that we grew up on we have to remember they weren't, you know, Faster Pussycat wasn't influenced by Faster Pussycat. You know, they no. were influenced by the faces and the stones and early Aerosmith. And so we really wanted to make sure that our music kept its roots in that that style. But we also wanted to be able to develop characters to tell a story, to not make everything, you know, as much as I love those songs, you know, I love Girls, mm-hmm. Girls, Girls. I think it's a great song. I think that's a, right. you know, that's, at my age right now, I don't know that I need to be covering that topic, you know? No, um, the relatability to it. It's, you don't have to, and you also don't have to relate to every song that's out there. You can just have fun. Like, you know, right. I said, Fred, right. I don't want to think I'm too sexy. That's right. a catchy well, damn song, though. Speak for yourself, me. Well, maybe. Uh, far, I don't walk around in a mesh shirt singing it. Far too <laughs> sexy for this shirt. <laughs> Dad by yeah. no one walk around like that. That ain't happening. You know, man, and that's the thing is we just... Sometime in music, and I don't know, probably a lot of it for us was when, you know, when the the shift from our 80s music to like grunge music came. And and then some of the people like like myself who loved that 80s glam rock, hair metal, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, our noses got a little put out of place because we were now seeing artists who didn't care about the show, who didn't mm-hmm. care about the look as much who did and to us i grew up on rock and roll that was big you know um even you know zeppelin and the who and you know that was big music then in the 80s it was it was always a show and a lifestyle and 
you know, it was, you know, yeah, it, it was. I, I think things know, changed too at that time. I, I think, think the it, problem, a few things happened. And, you know, say, A, it was mishandled by the record companies because they looked for the bigger, better things. So they dropped everybody. And there was a lot of bands that could have continued on and done well in that period. Right. Two, rock ate itself. Oh, for sure. It, it got preposterous with a copy of a copy of a copy of a band. Right. It got to the point where the third and fourth generations, there were some good musicians, but they were being put in that category, like, get a deal. You have to look like this way. And it wasn't right. who they were. I mean, right. or they put a band that wasn't that way. They, they marketed, you know, Little Caesar. They're trying to make a Little Caesar band that they're not. Little right. Caesar's always been a bad band, a bad, badass band. You know, and, right, and, a rock and, and roll band. Not, a rock and roll badass band, you know, bluesy rock, down and dirty, like their song. And, and make them like a, like a glammy rock band. That's not fair. Well, and you know the so funny thing, it's so funny that, you know, the business end of it is what did that, you know, and, and to their defense, you know, a band like Little Caesar or, you know, the Four Horsemen or, you know, a lot of these rock and roll bands. I mean, to me, Little Caesar could be the Black Crows. Little Caesar mm-hmm. could be the I Georgia agree. Satellites, you know, it could be that. Um, I hear more of that music, as a matter of fact, man, and I'm sure you saw it too, um, Little Caesar just did a live stream for it was some guitar, either like yeah. Diadario Black Strings. Star. It was Black Star. It was actually Black Star. I actually yes, it was Black Star. I had him on. I had him on. I had him on before the show, so I, we, oh. we talked about it. They just they, they just laid it. down the rock and roll, dude. They just and played it, uh, rock. Ron, Ron pretty much put out how the record label kind of put them up on a shelf and kind of put them yeah. in a bad spot. So they I saw them live. I saw them oh. live back in the day. They came in. So came into town with Kiss. Um, yeah, they were a great band, and and you knew that the influence was there because they were covering Chain of Fools, you know, and so you knew there was a depth that was a little deeper than, you know, yesterday. You know, they had some musical depth and some yeah. some tastes, and um, and that's big for, I think, when you're making music or you're making art or whatever. Uh, I just read a Ghost of Sunset review, and they name checked like you know, Bon Jovi, Enough's Enough, and Cheap Trick. And I thought, well, that's Thank perfect. You. That's perfect. You know, that's exactly, if you'd have said to me, well, name name some bands you like. I'm always mm-hmm. going to, if I'm talking rock and roll, yeah. I'm always going to talk Cheap Trick. I'm always going to talk, if I'm talking grossly underrated bands, I'm always going to talk about Enough's Enough. You know, mm-hmm. a grossly underrated band. Yeah. Um, a lot of these bands were, you know, it, it, and I thank goodness, you know, I didn't have to sit in some A&R guy's office and have him go, you better get some flannel shirts. You know, you better, yeah. you know, cut the sleeves off that shirt and you better wear combat boots and shorts. And, and not having an image is, is actually having an image. Yeah, right. I mean, right. I, that that's your image. It's so weird because I And I like some like music a, from them too. You know, I mean, there are some bands from that period oh, God, I do I, like. I a bunch love- of them. Pearl the big ones you know I my right. favorite band of the era um my favorite Seattle band of all time was Mother Love Bone but oh, they had you know Andrew Wood had his feet planted in the Bowie and Mott mm-hmm. the Hoople and Kiss and you know um Queen you know, you know so Chris, Chris used to live together can you imagine that they no. used to- yeah, they have a song. They sit, write songs. Who could write more songs? Can you imagine the energy in that place with those no. two guys writing songs? Oh. No, no, I can't. I can't. That's just, that was just that was crazy. It's, huh? 
it's the same story that I, I remember hearing about uh, when Jackson Brown lived uh, either above or below um, Glenn Fry of the Eagles. He said mm-hmm. every morning he'd hear Jackson make a pot of coffee and sit down at the piano and he'd hear the progression of a song. You know, the morning <laughs> would start out with an idea. And by the end of the day, you know, he's playing running on empty, you know. Um, <laughs> and so I'm sure that's what it was like for Andrew and for Chris. And but a lot of those guys didn't get the props they deserve, the respect they yep. deserve because of the haircuts or the, you know, not Chris Cornell or, or um, Andy Wood, but certainly Janie Lane from Warren. Oh, yeah. You know, a guy, a guy who I, I've said a million times, we lost Janie Lane because we couldn't let him grow. We could not let him get pet. You know, the record label asked him for cherry pie and he delivered it. Instead of going, well, that's really impressive. The record label said, give me something like Love in an Elevator. And he came back with Cherry Pie. That's a songwriter, man. That's what, there are guys in Nashville right now that someone goes, hey, dude, we need a song about a tractor. And the guy goes, all right, I'll be back in a couple hours with a song about a tractor. Janie Lane was the same thing. It's just, we couldn't, we had to keep him in that bubble of 19 whatever when he could have grown into a songwriter of, you know, of those, the Nashville proportions we're talking about. He could have wrote for other artists, um, but the business ate him up. It was a dirty word. It was a dirty word for a long time. Now, oh. now it's okay. He could have got away with it. Now, if he'd survived through it, I think he got crushed. And emotionally, he was a very, you know, he, he, he was alive. He had, a, you know, certainly a lot, of, uh, a lot of demons, as a lot of folks do. But the other thing is, you know, it's, it's like I heard Dee Snyder say, he said that when, uh, you know, when the changing of the guard came, when grunge came in and hair metal went out, he said it was like being a surgeon who had specialized in one style of surgery and they found mm-hmm. a cure. You know, that's, that's exactly right. It's like I, I'm D. Snyder of Twisted Sister. I made this. I've made anthem music, these anthems of all time. I've mm-hmm. my band looks great. We play great live shows. And now you're telling me my hair is stupid. Or, you know what I mean? It's like, and it's hard. The bands tried. They did. I mean, Warren did a couple albums afterwards, and they had flannels. Oh yeah. But they, I actually thought those albums were pretty good too. But uh, uh, doggy did, belly to belly. Yeah, yeah, belly to belly. Yeah. Yep. And, and you know, a lot of those bands deserve more. And I'm not, you know, uh, that's just the business. I mean, the business for every, you know, for every Rolling Stones and Beatles, I'm sure, you know, the Hollies were like, why not us? Or you know, uh-huh. whomever, you know. The, the rascals were like, well, how come we're not a 15 album band or whatever? Yeah. Um, so that's just the nature of the game for now for folks like me, uh, my partner, Todd, you know, um, we're able to make music and not have to, I mean, first of all, there's no concern really about, I want to connect with people who like the music. I, I'm not concerned about winning over people who don't like the music you know that style of me i'm not out here going well what can i do for you you don't like 1980s music what can i write for you that you will like i'm saying this is what i do this is what we do and if if it connects with you great and i want you to come along for this but um but i'm i'm in no position to adjust you know i think with any song though it's a happy miracle if two genres cross and you hit it's like it's a it's a you know, perfect sliding and bottling thing. But most people are like this with right. different music. Their arms across, and that's it. It's it's already a d- done subject. 
Right. Arguably, you can maybe a little bit listen to it if you're in a car with you and you're going somewhere. But really, for the most part, it's, right. it's not their gig and it's just how you're, you know, how you are. You know, well, it's, it's how I'm wired. It's how Todd and I grew up. You know, our first connection as friends was was this style of music. And, you know, in 1987, in my high school, there was a real, you know, there was probably earlier than that, I should probably go back 85, 86-ish, but there was a this thing was happening where we had the alternative kids, quote unquote, and they listened to bands like B-52s and R.E.M. and the Dead Milkman and, you know, public. Yes, exactly. And then we had the straight metal guys and they were into this new music, Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer, Venom. Mm -hmm. And then there were the hair metal guys who Mm -hmm. listened to Motley and Poison and Rat and Pussycat and, and those worlds kind of all stayed in their place. But for me, I went, I really like, you know, I like Gene Loves Jezebel and I like, yep. you know, um, early cult and I like you too, but I also really like Metallica and I love Megadeth and I'm a big mm-hmm. Anthrax fan. I also like Pretty Boy Floyd and, you know, Faster yep. Pussycat and LA Guns. And, but I could somehow in my mind, I could connect all those things. I could hear... Um, I could hear the cross pollination. Like I, I knew LA guns was a sleazy LA rock and roll sunset strip band, but I could also tell that Tracy guns loved Jimmy page and, you know, and all that. And and that's exactly what I want people to hear in ghosts of sunset. I want them to be able to go, well, I like ghosts of sunset and they keep talking about faster pussycat bang tango LA. What is this stuff? You know? And then maybe some new person might realize that, oh my gosh, there, there was this music that, um, that kind of set the groundwork for this. They go back to LA Guns and then they go, just like I did, well, what's that? Where's that come from? Well, it comes from Zeppelin and The Who. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's for me, for guys like you, for people like us, that's what we do. We're never content to go, I like this song. It's like, I like this song and I got to know, for me, I got to know, you know, who played on it, who produced it, where it was recorded, you know, yeah. and that's, um, so with Ghosts of Sunset, not only have we gotten the opportunity to write songs, record songs, involve some musicians that influenced us and meant a lot to us, we've also found an audience, which is, you know, in 2021, man, when you, in the middle of a pandemic um Mm -hmm. when you find an audience it's um man it is a special thing and those people you know our next goal really is to get out and meet them so yeah so let's so with you guys your album uh, your songs you release your 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 ep songs Uh uh-huh last year like was it mid-year last year or something ish trying to think of the dates because you 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 them, and it's kind of hard for me to to lock it down yeah and i'm trying to remember exactly when um when we released, you know, when we started, when the first single came out, um, you were, we, we, we were in COVID already. By yes, that time, right? we were. We were okay, we were. By, by the first yeah. single came out. Yeah, right in the middle of it, yeah. um, which served us well. To be, it, it served us well because we had a more captive audience. You know, that's why the TV show Shit's Creek got so big. You know, mm-hmm. um, so we had that captive audience, uh, and we also had the opportunity for us to connect with these artists because everyone was home. No one was on the road, you know, no one was touring. So we were able, there were guys at, at their home studios um, 
ready to work and ready to play. Yeah. And, um, and then we, you know, we got lucky to get connected with Golden Robot, a, a record label that within five minutes of talking to them, we were like, they understand what we're doing. They're going to cultivate what we're doing. They're going to let us do this. Um, and then, then, you know, the next, the next thing was, you know, of course we had to shoot videos, quarantine style videos. Those aren't fun. I mean, they're okay, but it's not like a production or Mm -hmm. something you can do thematically. It's hard to develop a theme when, you know, you're standing in front of a green screen or whatever, but, um, you know, the next real plans, we're wrapping up a full-length album right now. Uh, again, same same idea, not not the concept of a hair metal band or anything, but we've brought in outside people, you know, and the people we bring in are people that mean something to us. You know, it's Mark Knight from Bang Tango and and from his own band, you know, um, he's got, Mark Knight's got a new album coming out. He's kind of I a know. singer-songwriter now. I love Mark. Yeah, I love it. It took us an early preview of other shows that are coming. Mark's coming good. out. Well, you make sure you tell Mark Knight that John Merchant was on and and talked about him because Mark's become a friend and he's just, uh, um, you know, I, I forget how we connected through social media, but I do remember saying something to him like, well, this music is, and I rattled off some strange Americana alt country band and Mark mm-hmm. went, I love that band. And I thought, okay. You know, so Mark had come up just like I did in that scene and that hair metal hard rock. Of course, Bang Tango wasn't a hair metal band in my mind. They were a lot more than that. Um, but, you know, Mark... Yeah, another thing, they, they could have, Bang Tango should have just gone straight on through everything. There, there was nothing in its way. But You know what? When I, I digress. Heard Tango, <laughs> Is that crazy? No, you're right, dude. When I heard Tango, I heard everything from the cult to the doors to um, their... Because Kyle Kyle's such a great bass player, they, mm-hmm. they could do the funky Chili Peppers type thing. A band like Love Hate, you know, there's another band. Yeah. There were just some of these things happened a little too late in the time time frame, and then the changeover happened. Um, and then we went through the nineties where that music was you know pretty much dead. I mean it was dead. Yeah. You weren't gonna I remember when I was a kid, a Quiet Riot came through my hometown on probably the condition critical tour second mm-hmm. second album tour and then the last time they came through town they played the same bar that i played at all the time you know um which is a crime it's a crime it's it's a crime and people say you know we did a lot of opening slots for a lot of bands you know for lynch mob and pussycat and um you know uh tracy guns and you do these shows and people go <laughs> God, it must be terrible for them to be out here in a van or blah, blah, blah. And I go, dude, it's not terrible for them. They love making music. This is what they do. Um, that's what we do. You just keep making music through it all. Um, so what? You don't have an audience for it or, or the audience has gone dormant. You just keep making it. It's like the reason a shark swims, you know, that's what these guys do. And it sucked because the 90s were really hard on them and they deserved more. Through the entire 1980s, we counted on those artists to provide us with the soundtrack to our lives and every keg party we had and every, you know, bonfire in the woods, we had their album cranking. Then all of a sudden, sometime in the 90s, someone went, that's not cool anymore and you can't listen to that. And And if you do listen to it. We're getting older too. So a lot of this changed. The the market changed a little bit at the same time. It was the weirdest time to the storm. That's the other thing is the... You know, the audience 
changes, the age of the audience changes, and um, and what we need from our music changes. Like I said, right. as, as much as I love Girls, 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 and I love Love in an Elevator, and I love you know whatever the song might be, uh, Bathroom Wall by Faster Pussycat, that was great at 18, 19, but when you start 30s, 40s, it's really hard when you're you know, getting your first house or your first mortgage or your first child's coming, it's really hard to think about the dollhouse in Fort Lauderdale. You know, you're thinking about your mind is shifted to some other things. And and we kind of want our music to make those changes too, but still provide us that release from the day to day. And that's, that's the delicate balance we struggle with. I think a lot of people do it though. That's just the market. I mean, I think people like to relate to it. Like myself, you can see I'm a Beatles fan. I never related to a yellow submarine. Didn't change things. I'm saying I don't need to relate to music to like a song. I like when they went to the change. Now the market didn't. Now there's not enough of me at the time or of you to to support them (laughs) because a lot of them them left. Because you're talking about a lot of them. But like for me, I'm like I like to sell the 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 Motley Crue self-titled album. Yeah, I like Generation Swine. I like all the different stuff. I like the fact a lot of bands were mixing it up financially and, and the record labels. It was not a good deal for a lot of those guys. Right. You know? but, and that didn't matter to you um, yeah. because you're the person that, you know, from a, a musician standpoint, from a, a band standpoint, you're the person that we're looking to connect with. And and that's like we were talking about with Ghosts of Sunset. Uh, you know, the people who get it are people that we need to connect with because they've already, they've shown that they have, they they stayed with it, you know? So when they hear those mm-hmm. Motley and Bon Jovi and all those influences, they, it touches something in them because those things are directly connected to, uh, to good times and positive memories. And, yeah. and that's why, you know, that's why I can still put on that music and, and, and get that joy from it. I can still make that style of music and get joy from making it. Um, and when someone says, well, I hear Enough's Enough and Cheap Trick and Bon Jovi and Bruce Springsteen, I go, thank God. Oh. I didn't waste all those years listening to that music and somehow not absorbing it. You know, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to absorb it. So when I decided that I would write songs, I could put that out and then take some of me and put it with it. And the next person, and the next person, and the next person, you know, um, who are your Chris country? Robinson. For go ahead, I'm sorry. Who, who are your, your country country um, influences up? I can hear a country new tune. Oh, country! I uh, and I'm not saying this is country music either. <laughs> I can no. just hear a little like old school country because I like I like I do I like the old Hank Williams. Listen, I, like the old, I like Willie Delson. So I go like that that way. I probably spent 10, 15 years playing Hank Williams, Merle Haggard, Dave Dudley. Um, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, uh, Rodney Crowell, um, the Flying Burrito Brothers, the Birds, you know, that's, to me, all of those things are as important as, uh, you know, I can, I can put a band that I love, like the Flying Burrito Brothers, I can put the Flying Burrito Brothers and Graham Parsons right next to Faster Pussycat. I really I can. But I, I think all those bands you name in that genre is the old outlaw country that yeah. they probably hear the most is really the touchstone for what we have of, of Americana right now music. Which is my, my, one of my favorite genres would be Americana yeah. singer songwriter bands right. like, you know, 
Lucero and the drive-by truckers and, you know, Blue Mountain and Whiskey Town and the Jayhawks and Uncle Tupelo and, you know, Jason and the Nashville Scorchers. Um, they're just Jason and the Scorchers now. Um, all that stuff really, you know, I could hear it. I could, when I heard Jason and the Scorchers for the first time, they were covering a Dylan song called Absolutely Sweet Marie. And it was big rock guitars and big rock drums with some twang. And I went, okay, I'm into that. You know, Nikki Six was an outlaw. I mean, he was a, he lived on the fringe of society. So did Waylon Jennings. I could mm-hmm. see that in both of them and appreciate that in both of them. Um, any artist who's willing to stick to their guns, there's a Motley reference for you, um, that <laughs> willing to stick to their guns, you know, that's kind of an outlaw attitude. And the reason right. is it's way easier in this business to go, just tell me what to do. Tell me what to wear. Tell me what to write. I'll do it. I just need, I just, I need the money. I need the fame. Just tell me how to get there. Is that and how now, American Idol starts? Is that, is that the contract for American Idol? <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. American Idol is basically, is basically going, I want all the fame, but I don't want any of the heartache. I want but they're all honest. the, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't listen to it, not, but they're honest. Well, that's just not how rock and roll was when I was growing no. up, you know. Um, rock and roll had, you know, was mysterious. It, it had some hardship. It, you could hear, you know, tales of what it was like for everyone. You know, Jimmy You were going to mention the Black Crows. You mentioned Black Crows, and they they come up a lot now still. You know? they're, I love they're, them. Uh, the Crows, um, you know, even Def Leppard. What was the big tour that was going to be before uh, the coronavirus hit? It was uh, Motley Crue, uh, Def Crew, Leppard. Yeah. Jeff Leopard poison. Joan, Joan, oh, oh, yeah, and Joan Jett. Yeah, there you go. That was called the stadium tour. They were going to stadiums. I have bon tickets that I have not used. Yes, I know. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. That's amazing. Bon Jovi, same way. Uh, you know, Def Leppard. These bands, man. You just can't deny a good song. I don't care. You know, Bon Jovi when they wrote, um, you know, "Living on a Prayer." John had big poofy hair and so did Richie, the whole band, you know, and yet the story of Tommy and Gina is as universal as they come, you know, well, you know what that is, right? That's actually well, Desmond Child's story. It, oh, there you go. That makes perfect I, sense. Well, so well, he wrote, well, he actually told me, he actually told me him, he co-wrote it and he said that, um, Tommy and Gina, uh, John, well, Tommy was actually, it was really Johnny because Desmond's original name is Johnny, but John, oh. they writing, he goes, he goes, we can't have that. It looks it's like I'm thinking about myself. And Gina oh, was yeah. actually his wife at the time. And it was, went to a whole diner and literally it was kind of, uh, you know, biographical. And, oh um, my God. That's amazing. That's how that goes. And, and there's a line that says, it doesn't matter if we make it or not. At that time, uh, prior to that, there was a point, point in his, uh, Desmond's life where he was in a cult. And, and, a and cult? Yeah, Nicole. I said, oh wow! And, and the mantra, and the mantra was of, of the person in charge to say, "It doesn't matter if you make it or not. It doesn't matter if we make it or not." There you go. And there you go. Yeah, that's right. what Jinx. Live it on a that's, prayer. <laughs> that's dude. That's what genius songwriters do. You know, that's what genius songwriters do. That's how the universal themes come up. You know, it's um, you know, going back to country music. It's it's Harlan Howard would have been the. Mm-hmm. He would have been the Desmond Child of that genre, yeah. way. And it was him. He's sitting in a bar with, I think, Willie Nelson and someone 
said heartaches by the number and he took a napkin and wrote down heartaches by the number. That's what, that's what the great ones do. The Neil Young's, the Bob Dylan's, the John Bon Jovi's, the Desmond Child, the Holly Knight's, you know, they're out there. They've always got an ear, you know, to what's going on around them so they can take in. I found it with the concept idea of Headed West of the EP, I found it really awesome to be able to write someone else's story and not have to worry, you know, not have to worry about what I did that day. Um, I found that kind of freeing, even on the new album. Um, but you had a point of reference though, because you were in the time period. So it was easy to make it a relatable thing without I, making I it knew, personal. I knew the stories and I, I knew what it was like. And I knew, I remember, you know, I can remember people leaving town you know, musicians leaving town and coming back three months later, four months later. Hey, I went to LA, I'm back. Um, I remember buddies telling me they'd been out there and there was an Eddie Van Halen on every corner, you know, and it's like an Eddie Van Halen on every corner. What are you? That's crazy. Um, so I knew that I had those, those things. And Todd and I love that music so much and we speak the same language. So our references are so similar that we can get, we can get to the meat and potatoes a little faster. How, you know? how are you going to, how are you going to tour and play this music? We're talking about not, it right the now. Bar, the, the bar is really high with all these musicians. Yeah. We we've talked about <laughs> it. It'll, you know, it'll probably end up being a band that we pull together. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we're looking for a certain caliber of player. We're also looking for, you know, people who can hang of course. And we're, I mean, we're grownups. So the road, the road for me now is a different place than it was 10, 15 years ago. Um, I, I now have gotten to the point where I, I sort of surround myself with grownups, you know? Um, so we're looking for, and we have ideas and, and people yeah. kind of in mind. Uh, you always have your dream musicians. You have, um, you know, and you have to think about someone who can play the parts and recreate the songs and bring something to the table, you know? Um, but it's always been that way, you know, and that's why when you find that other musician, like I did with Todd Long, um, when you find that person you connect with, you hold on pretty tight because, you know, again, it's speaking the language. It's the, it's me being able to say to you, you know, Hey man, it, you know, play that guitar part, have it start off kind of like patience, but then mm -hmm. I really want to kick into something that's a little more bass heavy, like, you know my Michelle or whatever. And you go, no. Oh yeah, I know what you mean, dude. Um, it's not necessarily talking about, you know, uh, chord progressions and flatted fifths and, you know, uh, the middle eight and, you know, the minor seven, it, but it's still the language of music and you need someone that knows those references to, to make well, that. Well, I think it's funny because generationally, I think a lot of bands <laughs> I've actually done that, that I've spoken to, they're like, you know, certain musicians have got into, you know, to fill a gap in the band, you know, like a legacy type right. of national band. And, you know, they'll say, well, this person came in, you know, also it's nice because you always find a hotshot guitar player. There's always somebody better. Yeah, sure. While this is a great guitar player, they also know our references. They know our generation. There's there's a fit. And, and a lot of bands, the new rock and roll is not partying all night. It's being a, a no. nice, kind, hardworking, session, friendly that's, yeah. that's really what, what, those are the ones that are working. That, that's the peasant tour. And well, it's the younger the, generation coming up that's kind of filling that gap. It's the, it's the Sam Bam Coltons of the world. You know, the, the young man who's playing with Faster Pussycat now. Um, I mean, he's 24 years old. 
and he's playing guitar for Faster Pussycat. He just played on a single with Alex Kane, who's a legend who played on our new record. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but Sam gets it, you know, he has those, he has that depth. So when someone like Tammy Down or Alex Kane gives Sam Bam a, a reference, he knows what that means and where to take it. And that's what okay. we're looking for in a tour. Well, he, he did it. Adam, Adam Hamilton, and you got, you know, Patrick Kennison. Um, all those guys are just, they know all the music, they play it excellent. And I mean, they're, Adam they Hamilton, that. you know, is, is one of those guys that, um, you know, he's, he is now switching into those roles that our idols had, you know, where, you know, the, a guy like Jimmy Page was producing records. Um, Adam Hamilton's doing it now. He plays everything. He's cripe. He's been in mm-hmm. national bands that he's played guitar in. He's played drums. He's, you know, he played he drums Brian, for us. He was, did What's, drums in the Brian Massacre, <laughs> a Brian Jones Massacre. Which is I'll a never cred. That is some street, yeah, that's some that, street cred that nobody has. That I asked him. Um, Adam and I had a nice conversation, and I I said to him, I go, dude, the thing I got to ask you about is the Jonestown massacre. What was that like, you know? And I thought he told you he spent a lot of time with Anton. He said, and and I said, well, I saw the movie Dig. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah. It's about the Danny yeah, yeah, Warhol. Yeah, of course, yeah, 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 of course you have, right? I forget who I'm talking to. Um. And I said, what was it like? And he goes, oh, yeah, it was it was pretty out there, you know. And I'm like, yeah, I, I could tell. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I did. I kind of kidded him. I'm like, I don't, you know, as much as I do care about L.A. guns and yeah. that sort of thing, I'm like, tell me about the Jonestown massacre, you yeah. know. And, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, you know, and, and, you know, yeah, L.A. guns is great. I, I love L.A. guns, too. And, me, too. You know, I will continue. And there's been a lot of uh, people in it, you know. But oh, God. Talk yeah. to you about it. But I don't know anybody. No, and then, and then I, I can't imagine. It's like I it's can't... like it's like it's like um, what's the, the movie with the guy the, the, the tornado twister? It's like Twist. being in the middle of the eye, the eye of the storm right. and then surviving. <laughs> and goes, what happened? What was going on inside of that insanity? <laughs> it's you know? like being in a band with Twister. <laughs> so I mean that that is who. And he said, you know, I don't know what he's talking about. He's like, it was just too crazy for him. He's such yeah. a, such a nice chill guy. He's like, he's just gonna do it. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, even That's watching the lunch. movie, you're like, when they get in a fight about the sitar, you know, it's like, oh my yeah, halfway God. through, and I had such anxiety. Me <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> tranquilizer or something. Do we have anything in this house I can take? Cough <laughs> medicine, something? Yeah, it's just exactly. Sad. Oh my God, what's gonna happen you know, next? I have the worst. I'd be the worst rock and roll. I'm like, I just want to do the music, and I gotta wait to my room. Yeah, Dude, I, you know, I uh, as I'm a recovering alcoholic, so in my drinking days, it yeah. was like go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, you know, huh, you know, can I? How quickly can yeah. I get out of here? You know, and yeah, where's I the exit? But but it's just me. yeah, it's just uh, and the business is so different now. I mean, it's so different now. Just how touring works, how a band, you know, and we talked about Alex from Quiet Riot, you know how those guys tour these days they these fly dates you know they go in and they hit thursday friday saturday sunday and they go home and it's not i don't think the business can fund a a two and a half year tour like they used to i don't think anything can except the pop machine maybe because live nation has it but i think there's been a good resurgence in the past five years where it's really kind of locking it down now and i think it's gonna be the way for a while as our generation doesn't get too old (laughs) they're probably gonna (laughs) be 15 this generation, in this music of these bands, 
probably a good at this rate, a good solid fifteen years of it staying steady or getting better with doing that kind of stuff. Because yeah. that's all of us. As long as the artists can still play, I mean the stones have kind of raised the bar a little bit and being able to play, you know. Well <sighs> so, to have the energy, not everyone's gonna have that physically. Or, or Ozzy has, but I mean just you go on. But but your band's like you know, every mother's nightmare. Have you heard their new album? It is uh, no, heavy I have. And it's strong. It's as heavy cool. and strong as their first album. Like, and I I saw them in the first album. So I mean, like, it's so good. Or that's a know, good band. Know, good band. Or, or, you know, yeah. So there's so many of these bands out there, and I was like, you know, honestly, I and I was talking to Brent. I said, you know, I disappointed. I wanted to see where Best Whiskey was going to go after that second album. From the yeah. first one to the second, what a leap and bounds. Yeah, agree. You know, I you know, and that's another band too. Um, you know, uh. I had friends who liked the stones and the faces and even liked, you know, um, Bowie and, and Mata Hoople and Alice Cooper and all that. And yet they would tell me, well, faster pussycat was too glam. It's like, you know, you like David Bowie, but faster pussycat's too glam. Um, those songs are still great, man. I mean, I don't care who you are a song and I'll, I'll pick a hit, but you know, like, um, uh, house of pain, you know, I, I grew up without a dad. That spoke to me. I, I totally got it all. Um, there was nothing in that song that was, let's, you know, go do coke and pick up strippers. Um, so, you know, that depth was there. I kind of, I love Faster Pussycat. I you know, played with them. They're great. I love the band. But I'm like you. I kind of wanted to see what that, how that lineup was going to keep evolving. You know, that band could have ended up being like the Black Crows. Absolutely. They they could have been a there were a lot of you know the the choir boys are still over in Europe yep. just killing it man Spike still sounds the same just as that Rod Stewart the fact that they didn't go anywhere is another another crime I mean he could they could have been huge like said but Faster Pussycat could have continued on at that rate if they continued on before everything crumbled they could mm-hmm. have towards like towards like an Aerosmith rock and roll swagger band yeah you know, one of them um, when they know, came out man when Pussycat came out um. You know, I mean, it just, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I had found a band I really liked. Um, and I did, you know, prior. It was good. The first album was really good. And then, then the second album, you're like, what? Who's this? Almost like a supercharged version of it. Like, how did this happen between two albums? That's like a three album change for somebody else. I know, I know, I know. And, and again, that was the thing is, like you said, you were excited for the next, you know? I was like, oh man, this is really, some and of those songs. So oh my young. god some of those songs too you know like uh poison ivy and i mean now they had some horns and you know they had mm-hmm. this kind of swagger to them cinderella's another band yep. you know yep. i mean tom Kiefer's out playing right now and he's got a great yeah. band and he's making great records and to me yeah tom Kiefer's a legacy artist that you know should always be able to fill a theater um should always be able to make records and have people buy them because he's a good songwriter. Um, Damon Johnson from Brother Kane, who ended up with Alice Cooper and Black Star Riders and Thin Lizzy. Um, that's the shift now. Now those guys, you know, the Damon Johnsons and, you know, uh, the Pussycats and et cetera, et cetera, they're moving into that spot now where they're legacy artists, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, that's what we wanted to do with Ghosts of Sunset really is, pay uh, you know pay some homage to that music to tip our hat to it um and to maybe kick it a little further down the road maybe share it with one more person if one person listens to headed west and they go stacy blades wow that's a ripping guitar solo 
And now they're on Wikipedia going, Stacey David Blades. Oh, God, he's got a band. You know, he was in Rock's Gang. What's Rock's Gang? I knew yeah. what Rock's Gang was, right? I was I listening to it. Yeah. Um, and he's got a band now. And I, I, I want to say it's, I, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. It's either Chasing or Crashing Westward. Um, Stacey Blades' new band, Killer Band. Got a new single out. Mark Knight. All these guys are making music. And I'm hoping that the, the audience came with them, you know, I, you know, for Mark Knight, you know, talking to Mark about his music versus Bang Tango, um, you know, pretty different stuff. But um, I'm hoping that some of those fans like me who love Bang Tango are going to give Mark Knight that opportunity, you know, um, because he deserves it. He deserves it. It's it would be real easy for Mark Knight to make um, to make the Ghost of Sunset record. You know, it's a little closer to what he did with Bang Tango, but, you know, he's now writing singer-songwriter, Americana, great rock and roll music. He's been music. doing that for a little bit, I think, and, it, and it's yeah. really nice that you see what's going on to the thing. But I think what hopefully is going to help him is the fact that Bang Tango's all together, too. I know. Which I helps. know. But, which is awesome. But, and the documentary made you feel like, oh, come on, what a, you know. Yeah, so oh, the that, attack right? of life! Yeah, yeah, the other one. You're like, oh, come on, you you feel it. Ugh. But yeah. hopefully, it'll help bring extra attention back onto him too, because we're all older now, right? And it's not like it has to be hard rock. It can be uh, singer songwriter songs and right. that, because we're right. you know a lot more diverse as adults now. And hopefully, yeah, I'd love to see it. Mark do both of those things. You know, I'd love yeah. to go see Mark's solo band, um, and I'd love to see the original Bang Tango again. And mm -hmm. And, you know, after watching a, the documentary, too, you know, it's it's not an easy life, man. It's not a guy like Joe Lestay, um, who's been he carried the flag. That, he dude, carried the flag, right? He, he gets carried, props, man. He gets huge props. Um, some of these guys and it's it's tough, you know, it's hard to spend the rest of your life singing like you did when you were 18, 19, 20 you know, Vince Neil is a great example of that Vince was never, you know, um, Celine Dion or, you know, some great singer, but now add the years onto that. And just Piercy's the same way. Stephen Piercy, Rat, by the way, the recent stuff I've seen of Piercy, he's really, you know, Good. you can tell he's engaged again and, and, and working hard, but we want these people to live in this bubble. Like how come you're not, where's your hair from 1987 or right. where you know um i hope that the people ghosts of sunset connect with and that these artists we're talking about connect with are the type of people who are willing to let someone um age somewhat gracefully because the other side of that is when we see a band that won't let go then we have you know overweight balding 50 year old 60 year old people cramming into the old stage clothes saying the old banter yeah. and it's silly you know i i did concert reviews for years and years and years and i'm a big eddie money fan you know, i love eddie money i loved him no control great up i reviewed him and he's at that time gosh he had to be i'm guessing he was in his 60s and he's on stage and he's saying stuff about you know like the girls in the front row you know and he's taking the songs and he's going ah uh, I want to, I want to do it, you know, and all this. And I'm thinking, dude, that girl could be your granddaughter. You know, I, I, that's not what I'm into. You know, that's that, that I don't want, you don't have to be 21 forever 
for me to love you as an artist, you know, for Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run is probably my favorite album of all time. I don't need him to keep making that. You know, I don't need him to be that. If he wants to make the ghost of Tom Joad, if he wants to be more like Woody Guthrie, I can make that. Okay. I can make that change. Um, there are times I don't make the change. I, I love a band called Wilco. I love their first yep. four or five albums. Then all of a sudden it was like, yep, they're what growing. About, did you see Seven Worlds Collide? What's that? Did you Have you seen Seven Worlds Collide and listen to the music? Uh-uh. This is Neil Finn. Uh, singer from Wilco's in it. Um, yes, Johnny I Mar- did. Don't they the all move into a was, house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, he, I they go to Neil little... Finn's house. There. I'm yeah. a big card house here too. And they go oh, there and they album. That's a singer songwriter for you right there. Yes, yes, yes. All those. I mean, like you said, Jeff Tweedy was involved in that. Um, yeah, it's yeah. We're, we're we're a great group of people. Yeah, the whole the whole thing how musicians function together. It really shows yeah. the songwriter process of the family. The the functionality of writing a song in a hallway on a spot on a day with somebody else. Right. You as a big artist I think it's your icon. It's just. I, you know, a Neil Finn or Jeff Tweedy or people like that. Um, you know, I remember Neil Young, his dad is a writer, Scott Young, the writer, Scott Young. And, you know, he said to Neil that he got up every day and wrote, he forced himself to write, you know? And, um, and so when you're crafting songs and I'm not, believe me i you know i say this a lot i'm not a songwriter i'm a guy who makes up songs um you know jeff tweedy neil finn bob dylan you know those are songwriters um carol king but the thing is uh when you're doing that process man it's it's not easy and it's scary you know it's scary to take that thing to for me to my buddy todd or him to me and go what do you think of this and it's even harder for him to tell me it ain't doing it, man. That isn't working or I don't hear anything there. But as artists and, and musicians, I think it's a trust thing. So Neil Finn trusts Jeff Tweedy, you know, mm-hmm. they see that, um, you know, a guy like Tracy guns, uh, obviously trust Phil Lewis with material with, you know, it, it's all based on trust and, because we're rock and rollers, you know, we're not supposed to say stuff about relationships and trust and insecurity. And well, if you don't believe there's insecurity, you go visit Janie Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't believe there's insecurity, we have our business is littered with bodies of people who who couldn't get past it. And and it, for me too. You know, there's, I call it the carry. Remember the movie carry? Mm-hmm. It's the carry moment. You're going to walk out and they're all going to laugh at you, you know, or they're going to dump pig's blood on you or whatever. And because the pig's blood part, I'm like, <laughs> really? But you know, man, you, you have to get through that to get to the, that's why making music is like mining for diamonds almost, you know, you got to clear that away. You got to get down there. You got to, you know, you start with a rock and get a chip on that thing until it becomes a diamond or whatever. And um, and when it's done well, it's timeless. When it's done well, it's living on a prayer. Mm-hmm. When it's done well, it's pour some sugar on me. When it's done well, it's uh, Dr. Feelgood. When it's done well, it's born to run. It's, uh, you know, mamas don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. It's all of that. And um, And we're just trying... You know, we made a promise to ourselves. Our expectations were just 
let's try to do this as well as we can and see if anyone, if we can connect with anyone. So when we started connecting with people, it was both reassuring um, and exciting because all I want to do all day long is talk to people about rock and roll. That's all. So I come on a, a, a podcast or, or be interviewed and, and it's like, you know, all I'm doing is talking to people. You and I would be talking about the exact same stuff. If you and I were standing in line at the grocery store and you happened to be wearing a T-shirt that said, you know, you know, or you had that decade, that rock book under your arm, yeah. I'd go, I'm talking to this dude. You guess and, literally, like you're saying, this, 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 that is, this show is like based on a backyard party. You're having a beer. And your neighbor comes over. And you're talking to your neighbor about, the, about their job. Just happens to be there in music. And you're, it's more of a conversation. And, and that's the, and, 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 and that with that is been with all artists. All yeah. those artists you've mentioned that they've already been on, right? And you hear different, and when you talk like that, we, we've we've gone and talked about those different stories, or we've got different stories and different, a little different than some of the questions, because sure. these artists are real people that we talk right. about. They do have insecurities, and, and all these things you're talking about, it, it shows. And you know, it's important well, to, to me, realize that. That makes me love them more, to be honest oh, yeah. with you. I do too. Is um is when I see the when I get a, a taste of the real person. Um, I really like, that's why, uh, you know, that's why um, I couldn't really, I wasn't, I love the Sex Pistols, but I wasn't a huge Sid Vicious fan. Yep. I couldn't get past that, you know, I couldn't get past that whole, you know, when I saw Joe Strummer and I saw The Clash, that had more weight to me. I sent something a little more, real isn't the right word, authentic's not the right word, but there was something more to it, something I could grab onto and um it's the same way with my rock and roll well, with my hair the, the thing with sex pistols is you know uh, glenn actually wrote the music and then left yes. the band, and then they brought in sid for the they tour sid. right who who through sheer um through his own folly i and through um just the I don't want to say buffoonery, you know, because the guy was obviously an addict and, and as an addict myself, right. I, I can relate to that. But, but, you know, a great bass player? No. A great musician? No. Contributing oh. a bunch to the musicality of that band? No. Somehow. It, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't set up to be that kind of band. I, Malcolm, when he put that together, he lucked yeah. out with musicians that grew out of that. I mean, Glenn, right. was, Glenn, worked, Glenn worked at the shop. I mean, yeah. it was, it was totally sex, different. right? Yeah. 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 You know, and he'd say things like, he's like, Malcolm had a great little um, Rolodex, and he'd have artists in it, like, phone, like, weirdest phone numbers. He, he had to do it. It wasn't any order. It'd be like, John, John, John Lennon, and Yoko Ono. And then it'd be like, like the IRA, someone yeah. number, like, like the weirdest things. Like, what? so huh. like Malcolm had, 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 had a, a different idea for the band. Yeah. And Malcolm just kind of lucked out that he had, he had a Steve Jones. He yeah. Had, you know, Glenn Matlock who could write songs, you know, um, and play. You know, and, and Johnny was good for the time. I mean, Johnny was yes. a guy. That, Johnny was, yeah. I guess, more of a quiet guy. He was not the same Johnny. You know, so it all kind of played in a little bit different. You know, yeah. And then it got so big, and then we saw the monster of the legendary Sex Pistols. Well, you know, and that's the thing too is is uh, you know that I think the Pistols were more of an art project than a band per se. You know, I don't know that they were designed for longevity. Some of some of these rock and roll bands are just not designed for longevity. You know, they're they're uh, you know they're they're these top fuel funny cars. You know, they're loaded with with this high octane fuel that gets them a quarter mile and then they're done. 
And, you know, I had a conversation with someone about like Jimi Hendrix, you know, where those people are frozen in time. We mm -hmm. never, ever, never once did we have to go, oh my God, have you seen who's coming to the state fair? It's Jimi Hendrix experience again, dude. I just saw yeah. him last year. Yeah. You know, oh God, is he going to do, is he lighting his guitar on fire again? Oh, he's been doing, you know, the guitar is, he gets, he has a guitar he uses just for burning. You know, it never was that. No. Those people are trapped in time and, and that's good, but it's bad because we also never got to see the elder statesman, Jimi Hendrix, the develop what his guitar style would have developed to. It's hard. It's hard because very few bands would clear down. Zeppelin stopped early. Right. They also, they also stopped legendary. Yes. What would have happened if they continued on or imploded? Just fear of, you know, a few guitar bands that started forever. I mean, Eddie Van Halen just died too I early. Know. Way too early. And he was... And he was playing. He was still playing good, though. He was still carrying on a legacy. There, he, there was right. no no deficit in the band on that level. Yeah, yeah. No, no. No one's ever going to go. Oh my God! Remember how bad Eddie Van Halen was? And he, I don't think. You and know? I don't think he would ever would have. I think he got a second win with Wolfgang. So I think he was going to go on. I think so too. I, I, I. You could see a lot of joy in Eddie Van Halen. I've seen. I've seen him over a lot of tours. And oh, good. Joy and, and the joy in his eyes, man. When yeah, he was he back was, with Wolfgang. He I was uh, happiness. It was, um, that was a tragic loss. And we've had some, you know, you know, when Bowie passed, when Tom Petty yep. passed, you know, um, and then you realize that, you know, I think some of it subconsciously is, oh my gosh, man, if, if those guys are old and dying, I'm getting closer to old and dying. You know, that's scary yeah. when you see these. And the other thing is when a, a Tom Petty dies or an Edward Van Halen or whomever passes, We've lost a friend because they connected with us on that level. And that's why yeah. that's why music is important. And that's what now, you know, am I looking to connect with people on a level where my passing will cause national mourning? That would be very nice. But more than that, I think I would just like someone to be able to go, dude, today was a tough day. I barely got through this thing. On the way home, as soon as I get in the car, I'm going to put on Ghost of Sunset. And I won't, you know, I'm not going to be such a jerk when I walk in the door at home because that's going to give me a little joy. I think that's simple enough. And it's all I need, you know, that's all I need because that's all I was getting from, from the great artists I loved. Mm -hmm. They were just giving me as a, you know, uh, poor single parent kid with, no voice at all, you know, and no real identity, all of a sudden rock and roll. When I found that, it was like, this is what I'm going to be. And, uh, and you can, you know, there's still people that went to school with me and go, oh, Merchant? Yeah, he's a rocker guy. He's a music guy. All he ever taught. I don't know anything about sports. I don't know, you know, I don't know how to change the rear end on my car. I don't know how to, uh, you know, build an addition on my house um but i can tell you what you know what amp jimmy page used on led zeppelin one i you know and i can tell you where i was when i bought the first faster pussycat record and i remember when dr feelgood came out and i remember mm -hmm. standing in line to see kiss you know at the arena and and what it was like to get in and run all the way down and run to the front and try to be right there um and to me uh, that stuff is, it's more precious than gold. I mean, not to be 
too silly about it, but it is. No, but it, you get mostly connected because you listen to music, it's in your headphones, so it's you, it's you have a relationship that is some weird oh, yeah. connection. And, and music's got me through everything good and bad. Um, yeah, hey, man. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, when are we expecting this album? Well, we're, we've got probably, I would say we've got two or three songs to wrap up. The other ones are in the can, mixed, mastered, the whole thing. Um, you know, this is going to be, we'll present it to Golden Robot. We'll cross our fingers that they're willing to proceed with us through a, a full-length release. And I'm guessing summer. If I were a betting man, I'd say we'd see it yeah. summer. We are going to try to get out and play some shows. Uh, again, help. it would help a great, it would help me. You know, I for 34 five years i've played um you know from 1990 something right through probably 10 years ago it was at least every weekend for last summer it was four or five days a week um and then to go to nothing is just like you know it's like slamming the brakes on but we want to get out and again i want to go out and play these songs for people because we're going to have this same conversation we'll just be sitting at a table or behind a plexiglass or in a bubble who knows but but you know that's it that's that's the that's what we're doing these songs um have uh have found an audience and continue to find an audience and and we're just going to nurture that and and deliver to those people something authentic and that's all we're trying to do is just be authentic just be real um that's why i've got friends who play in rock and roll bands um and I, I love them and I love the look and I love all of the, the, um, the pageantry of it, you know, but where we're coming from is more of a place where, um, you know, we can talk about the songs and we can talk about the origins of the songs and we can, mm-hmm. we can talk about why Johnny Monaco is so cool, or we can, you know, we can listen to never goodbye from ghost of sunset and hear Tracy guns and go, man, you know, Tracy guns. And, you know, when he put that solo down and I listened to it, my first thought was watching the Rip and Tear video, you know, on MTV and, and thinking, dude, Tracy Guns, man. And when Tracy Guns cut his hair short and when, you know, all that stuff. So we just want to keep this thing going. We want to keep making music. I want to be able to talk to people like you and and connect and say, hey, man, it this is what we would be doing anyway, anyhow, if we were out in public if you and i were at a concert you know how many concerts are probably the one place in the world i've hugged more strangers than anywhere else you know i've high-fived more strangers i've you know back in the day you know you'd i've drank booze that strangers had who you know i could remember not caring what was in anything you know um but that there was something about that that sense of community and when i was my wife and I were driving last night, believe it or not, last night. And um, there's a pickup truck in front of us. Back window of this pickup truck had the rat logo. And I said to my wife, I mean, I literally went, holy, that truck's got the rat logo. And, you know, I went, that's great. That's great. This person is like, I could have talked to that guy in that truck, guaranteed. And I bet yeah. we could have talked for if you'd have put that person and I in a room and said, you got an hour together, I'll bet you at the end of that hour, we'd be going, hey, give us another 15 minutes, man. We're talking <laughs> about rat, you know? <laughs> so so that's what that's what the whole Ghost of Sunset thing is boiled down to, is just folks like you and I and the people who listen and the artists who made this music, it, it's, it's, um, 
God, it's just so great for me to, to keep what Chris Robinson from the Black Crows calls the big song, to keep it going. Mm-hmm. And the big song is always going. You just kind of reach up and pull your part down and you move it along. And, you know, is it a pipe dream to think that right now some 13-year-old kid is listening to Ghosts of Sunset and going, I think I want to play guitar. Yeah, that's a pipe dream. If that happens, I've totally done my part. It's got to be happening. A, a cat a cat video falling over on a banana <laughs> or farting will get three million. Somebody's watching your, your video yeah, saying that. You, I think I, so. I, I hope I'm, not, so. I'm not saying the bar is raised for you either, the little cat video or something. Are you? So, I'm not going to get, I'm going to tell you, Ghost of Sunset's never going to get so, farting cat so, numbers. <laughs> no, we can't. They That's can't, though. Those are numbers. Yeah, yeah, the more ridiculous you get. The, the harder it is to, to, to match that kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, that's it. That's that's the goal, and that's that's why okay. if, if we get an opportunity to speak to someone like you or, yeah. um, you know, of anyone who uh, is supporting this music, man, all, all I can ever say is thank you. And I can, oh. and, and I can say, you know, um, on behalf of everyone who played on the record, on behalf of the music I love, when you further this thing, if one other person gets what we got from it, I, I just can't, I couldn't be happier, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, would a private jet and tour bus and, you know, women and cocaine be sweet? Maybe, but I also have to be in bed by 930 because I get tired the next day. <laughs> I do too. Cocaine would, cocaine would not work with me. It just, it, <laughs> yeah, it, right. it, it just messes up my just, body. Sounds like more hassle than it's worth. Oh, you know? I eat too much. Uh, yeah, I have too big of a grinder. <laughs> I'm getting meat sweats. I can't deal with cocaine. Microglycites <laughs> are my enemy. Yeah. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. I got a foot long and I feel terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What, yeah basically, that's how it goes. You know? <laughs> oh, we're a sad that's case, really, aren't we? We're it's a sad okay. Case. It's okay. I want to thank you. Um, when you have your beds ready, you'll have you come back on. And we'll talk oh, man, we'd love to. And thank you just for I, uh, taking the time and again for the show and for what you're doing. Um, Yep, Sorry, my my okay. whole thing freaked out there. Yeah, I just again thank you for having me and for for you're doing welcome. what you're doing. My I, I this it. lockdown and and uh, you know podcasts and music and have have just made all the difference and and you're part of that. So thank you I, so I think much. It, I think it's important. That's why I did it. I do it because cool. I think we all need it. Well, I hope and you know how much we. Yeah, yeah, I hope you know I how do. much we appreciate you. I'll send you some links, but again, go to Sunset on all the social medias, Golden Robot site, our own website. Um, but I'll get you all that. And uh, yeah. and again, I just can't thank you for your time. It really means a lot to me. Man. You're welcome. You're welcome. All we'll right. talk again. We'll talk soon. All right. See you, Peace buddy. Out. Okay, bye.